Friday Night Smackdown podcast on the shadows. It's Blake doing the damn thing. WWE. We was in Indianapolis last night. Real good crowd. And they stuck around for 205 Live. Show started with The Miz. He came out with uh, John Morrison being the uh, guest on Miz TV. Uh, Morrison came out. No slow mo. I guess they're saving it for a good time. You know, but uh, I mean, it was a cool segment. Morrison was really uh, playing the heel role here, which was interesting. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Miz and uh, well, oh, so Miz apologizes to Kofi uh, for his uh, actions, and it's like, oh well, maybe Miz isn't necessarily going hill yet. Miz brings Kofi out. I mean, Miz talked about he had a bad day. At the end of the day, Miz was able to fill up the first segment with all of this interesting and compelling character development. So, telling Miz he had to just, he could just left it at had a bad day. Ah, you know, I actually enjoyed Miz going into some of it. But at the same time, we all want to know whether or not Miz is going to be facing here with Morrison. Clearly, it's looking like uh, Miz is going to be transitioning into the heel role all the more smoothly, you know, outside of storyline. But all in all, it was good stuff. So uh, Kofi Miz go at it in their opening match. Well, in the opening match of the evening. And uh, it was it was a good match. You know, they had their back and forth. Uh, Biggie and Morrison were on commentary together. I want to say it was a it was a fair tie. He got the uh, the last good line in, but it was like this was this was his heavy shot. But it was Morrison that kind of fell into the whole oh, like there's no cracks in the new day. And I'm not going. I'm not even going to get started. We just going to leave it there. So you know, everyone's champion. We're all champions. But then that was when uh, we had to cut to commercial. But either way, inside a storyline, Miz pushed Kofi in the E. Morrison gets up. It was already a lot of tension building. So. After the commercial, we see that, you know, these guys are on the sidelines just in case some craziness happens. Craziness did ensue. Miz kicked E from the apron unnecessarily, but it's like, you know, some of that heel is starting to shine through. It's just, just bringing that in. Yeah, that's that's cool. So, um, you know, this, uh, you know, leads to a little more chaos. Morrison hits one of his little, little cool cannonball flip turning things. That was a really good spot. You know, it was random. I guess maybe he was aiming a little more for E's shoulder or his chest area, but he landed on his the back of his shoulder. So it was like, I mean, for for it to be like a seemingly off the cuff thing, it was really, really like wow. Like that was awesome. That was a great way for him to come back as far as like showing us what he's capable of in ring. On top of that, really, really dope video package. So I mean, it's years later now. We're gonna see uh, how that uh, storyline develops, and uh, I believe. Miz was able to pick up the uh, victory over Kofi because oh because of that Morrison uh, you know uh, interference if you will but Miz technically started it with kicking Big E so it's like the whole time there was like underlying you know heel tactics being employed by the Miz throughout that match so I mean good stuff I liked it I thought that was really good it was good opening segment uh, what are we moving on into next. Uh, <laughs> uh, apparently backstage, 
Tucky is trying to convince Otis that he doesn't need Mandy, even though they've been exchanging gifts for the past couple of weeks, and this being uh, by, I guess, the people's choice, the fan, the viewer's choice awards so far goes to this storyline being the most interesting in WWE, and thankfully, it is a slow burn because it technically leaves you wanting more every time. Like I'm, like, like, I don't necessarily care for the storyline. I'm, I'm impartial, <laughs> you know, but it definitely, uh, it, it's, you know, it's progressing, though slowly. Interestingly enough, whatever. Mandy got him a cake. Some I'm sorry cake. Good lord, and um, yeah. Whatever. I mean, it seems like they're both fairly distracted, but throughout the match with Alexa Bliss and Mandy Rose, which was a cool affair, it wasn't bad. You know, they both they're both hot. So it's like, okay, how are these two hot blondes going to uh, you know, how are they gonna mesh? They meshed well. Uh, I want to say I want to see it one more time just to be able to give a a better idea on what could be improved upon because obviously there's room for growth on everyone's side but um all in all it was a good match outside of that Otis comes out and he's uh, still I guess enamored by the fact that she gave him a whole cake this throws bliss off and then Mandy picks up the victory how about that uh, hey, it's progressing the storyline. You got some in-ring action out of it, and uh, why not? You know, and shouts to Nikki Cross because we do not forget her. I, I want to see Nikki Cross versus Sonya Deville. Let's see how far Sonya Deville has come. We know Nikki Cross is good, so let's see what let's see what Sonya got now. Anyway, in the biggest troll segment of the night, because Bailey was disrespected. Lacey Evans and Sasha Banks were scripted for a match. Sasha's recording a rap album, so she's in L.A. Okie doke. And uh, the music hits, but it's like there's still no Sasha. Whatever. Lacey's out there. She's ready to, you know, <laughs> scrap. Up pops barely on the uh, Titan Tron. And, you know, she's uh, she tells everybody blah, blah, blah. No disrespect to the SmackDown Women's Champion with that. I'm just a little upset that Lacey goes backstage and then you see Bailey hit it with the oldest trick in the book, ambush from from behind. But then Lacey gets the upper hand. Man, maybe I'm just biased. <laughs> we all like Lacey. I definitely like Lacey. The women's right is dope. She is, uh, what is it, most improved. You know what I'm saying? Thus far, you know, as far as, like, the women's division goes, it's like people were saying, eh, at first. And, and I'm talking, like, the overall opinion, not the opinion of the or all of the trolls that just want to say, oh, they can't wrestle. Like, that's the first thing they jump to. No, she stepped up a lot. So definitely most improved would go to Lacey Evans now to be able to hang with the likes of, you know, the full horsewoman in the ring. I mean, we were going to see another piece of that with her versus uh, Sasha. But we didn't get to see that. Whatever, no problem. Lacey gets the upper hand. She's baby face out of this, so she's looking strong. So well and good. I want to say I have a, a prediction 
on how this is going to go, but I'm actually not going to say anything and allow the storyline to play out the way it's going to play out between Sasha Bailey, Lacey Evans, and the SmackDown Women's Championship, which Bailey holds. Don't forget that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so it was, oh no, a good spot, a good little segment of all of the trolling. That has got to be one of the most, oh my God, it's one of the most frustrating things to see Bailey getting beat up, even though she's the SmackDown Women's Champion. I'm not going to complain. I'm not. I'm just saying. You want your championship to look strong? Stop beating up your champion. But but I'm starting to sound like one of these regularly entitled infants, right? So this is why I say I'm not complaining at all. It's just, you know, fun bias for Bailey. So, but all in all, it was a good segment, and I am excited to see, like I said, the, how the rest of the storyline uh, developed. Braun Strowman, Shinsuke Nakamura, one-on-one, uh, non-title, but if Braun wins, he could be uh, positioned for a future championship opportunity against Shinsuke Naka Continental. Good match. You know, Braun was actually in, like, you know, you want to see how you could put a big man down, right? But the whole thing is, you don't want to make him look weak. There is some form of humanizing that Braun has to sell to the people. Like, he can't just be super strong all the time, but he has destroyed things. He is a wild monster, and he should be uh, He should be treated as, you know, one that can destroy everything. Like, we don't want him looking too weak. That's how I feel about it. And, uh, all right, you know what? Let's say it like this, because that was enough on that. After that, it might seem like, for, my, for myself, it might seem like some form of criticism, and that's not what I'm doing. Uh, when Braun was holding up the championship at the end, this was very key. I mean, Sami Zayn <laughs> snatched it so fast right before. So it was a really good build to that moment. And it was like, you know, with the new look on the Intercontinental Championship, someone like Braun was looking. He was, it was actually looking like, you know, that's what's up, man. You know, you got your Saudi Mania Championship that they, they had to take away from him. And it's like, man... You know, but how was that going to fit in the storyline anyway, right? But, no, it was actually really good. Like, I thought that was cool. And if Braun is the next Intercontinental Championship, which it does look like he's being positioned for, hey, man, that that's awesome. And hopefully this, the Intercontinental Championship gets some storylines now. There's enough with Sami Zayn and Cesaro and Shinsuke, but we need to, uh, like, right now it's just a fight for the championship. So that makes it somewhat important. Well, hold on. Now. What else we got here? Hold on now. All right, we gonna build. They've been building to this. It's not. It's not even posted up on the website. But uh, Fiend and Dane Bryan, they gonna fight for the Universal Championship, and we all seen the backstage segments between Dane Bryan and the lovely Caleb Braxton. Uh, <laughs> what was it? The Fiend said that he wants to. He wanted to remind Daniel Bryan. Of when they when they were in the Wyatt family and how he turned on the Wyatt family all that many years ago, and he wanted to change Daniel Bryan. And we all clearly see that Daniel Bryan has changed, and I'm pretty sure uh, DB would argue changed for the better. And uh, what was it he said? Now he just wants to hurt Daniel Bryan, and and whatever the opposite of love is, uh, which is fear, <laughs> you know, it's uh. 
you know, that's how he feels about Daniel Bryan. Now, I'm not even going to about to get into this too much because this is like, wow, this is actually very deep for for those in the studies. Like, that's that's really awesome. Like, why would the Fiend fear Daniel Bryan? Maybe he, maybe Daniel Bryan, maybe the Fiend was scared that Daniel Bryan would say, uh, well, afraid that Daniel Bryan would say, oh, no, the Fiend changed me for the worse. And I don't think that's what Daniel Bryan's saying at all. I mean, the fight is going to be the fight. However it goes is how it goes with this storyline. But uh, I, I definitely think that that was really well put together. And now he just wants to hurt Daniel Bryan because he's the heel in this situation. And I'm going to just leave it at that because that's 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 good enough. You know what I mean? Like, now I'm, I want to see how the rest of that storyline uh, plays out. Though we, well, I don't know. We don't know how the WrestleMania card is shaping up to be. We have our predictions. Sometimes we're right. Sometimes we're all wrong. So we'll see what WWE decides to do with the Universal Championship at the Rumble in Houston. What is it? Streaming two weeks from Sunday live on the WWE Network. Now, the main event segment, pause, wait, no. Let's head on over to 205 Live. Uh, Who do we have up front? We had uh, had a really good match up front between, uh, I believe it was Isaiah Swerve Scott and uh, Leo Rush. Very, very cool. I was personally excited to see that one. I believe these guys might be able to uh, help move the 205 Live brand into the next direction. Uh, they were fighting. Out comes the Bollywood Boys to turn this into a tag match. Uh, essentially, and it was it was good. I wouldn't complain about any of it. I thought that was just a fun way. The Indianapolis crowd was there. They were somewhat into it. You could tell they were tired, but they wanted to stick around. I'm hope I'm, I'm hoping they feel like they got their money's worth for that uh, show that they put on last night on both sides. And uh, yeah, it was it was a good tag match between the four. And uh, yeah, I believe. Oh, not even I believe it was to come up into the house call. With, uh, you know, Swerve Scott and Leo Rush picking up the victory. Luckily, <laughs> luckily I like Swerve. So I'm going to say, luckily, Leo picked up the pinfall and we got to hear Leo's song. It said, then Swerve's third freaking track, which I'm not against. It has like the, it's a, I see what they did with the music. I appreciate the fact that they changed it from you know, 1990s pop, you know what I mean? Whatever it is, like electronic something. Like, I like how they switched it to the to the new one. Like, I'd rather the third one than the second one. But obviously, we all want the first one to come back, which would be, I mean, it depends on what type of character they're trying to promote with them. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Let things let things rock. It was a good tag match. I uh, believe the next matchup we had was Aria Davari taking on uh, who was it? Jeff Brooks was his name. Un locale. He went in there. You know, good match. I think Brooks had a little bit of offense. You know how these enhancement talents work. So it was good stuff. Davari picked up the victory. It's his show. He's saying, you know, he's been around since he was riding the train to work. You know, so. That's that's good. Good, whatever. No, no problem. Ari Davari's positioned himself as potentially one of the top hills on the show. Him and Tony Nese right now, who they're using. Tony Nese was in the main event segment. 
where you saw him take on, oh man, who? Mm, pardon me. While we remember that Drake Maverick, uh, oh. pardon me. Anyway, gotta let the authorities slide through in case the emergencies are urgent, which they have to be. So, uh, Drake Maverick, general manager Drake Maverick, uh, suspended Jack Gallagher from two months ago when he did the headbutt, had his old tantrum for losing so much. So he's now welcome to come back to 205 Live anytime he sees fit and uh, if he wants to act like a gentleman. Okay, no problem. Tony Nice took on, pardon me while I get this, <laughs> mid. It is crazy because he actually picked up the... The dude picked up the victory that he took on. Oh, man. Tyler Breeze. He was a surprise of the evening. So, Breezy moved on over to 205 Live. Is this an NXT thing? Is this a 205 Live thing? Is this a both brands thing? It's the way they were making it sound is that Breezy moved on over to 205. But anything can happen, so we'll just leave it to the fate. We'll leave it to the cards with how uh, the rest of that continues to develop. Uh, Breezy picked up the victory. I believe uh, he went for a crossbody. Tony Nese caught him, but the landing, uh, Breezy went, like, he just put his he put his weight down, landed on his shoulder, had show, both shoulders pinned to the mat. One, two, three, there's the victory for Tyler Breeze. Tony Nese didn't look bad, you know what I mean? Like, he's still, uh, like I said, positioning, well, he's being positioned as one of the top heels on 205 Live, along with Arya Davari, so we'll see uh, how this all continues to go in, uh, you know, coming weeks. So, there was that. Now to the main event. Roman Reigns and uh, the returning Usos, I believe, were, uh, well, Roman came out with the Usos just to say what up to the crowd. I could have sworn it was going to be a six-man, but no, that wasn't what promoted, well, what was promoted. So, we got tag match between the Usos. Corbin and Ziggler, good stuff. It was a it was a pretty good match. It wasn't anything, you know, that I was upset about in the match. I thought it all went well. It all played out good, you know. Uh, what was it? These all kinds of crazy convolutedness. <laughs> I mean, like, uh, was it someone gets in, involved with you? Ziggy gets involved, and then uh, what happened after that? Uh, Ziggy gets involved. And uh, Roman comes out. Oh, the Revival get involved. That's what it was. Roman comes out, jumps off the side that I believe Dash had fell over a couple of weeks ago. Hit a Superman punch. This, uh, you know, this turns into pretty much the all-out brawl. Match may have continued or whatever, but on the other side, we saw Roman hit the huge spear on Corbin. Very, very good stuff. I thought that was so much fun to just, you know, see that happen from far out, the angle. But it was, it was definitely, definitely cool. With that, uh, Robert Roode came back and definitely uh, looked strong in just, uh, you know, pardon me. Hey, pardon me, dealing with one of these nasties on the road. Anyway, as I was saying before, these nasties tried to rudely interrupt. Wait, we might need a moment. Oh, no, we don't. Anyway. 
just disrespectful. Ugh. God, stand these nasties. <laughs> Shouts to Lacey Evans for that. But yeah, um, it's uh, it was it was good. Robert Rule tried to spawn Buster, couldn't go through the announce table. Not bad. Ziggy hit a big elbow. Cool. You know, like that broke the announce table. It was it was good ending. Whoa, Sheamus had his great great promo backstage. You know, just as one of these things you can't don't want to forget to mention throughout the show. But that was fun. That was very good. And um, all in all, that was SmackDown Live. Uh, it, it, we're gonna see how Sheamus and Shorty G go. Now the way I've been thinking about it, and the way we're hearing this, looking like Sheamus is gonna go over in that, and uh, we'll see. Uh, how him and Sheamus are going to be able to get in there and tell a story. I think it's going to be a real good one where Goliath definitely picks up the victory on Shorty G, but Shorty G takes Goliath past the limits. So then we see that Goliath has, like, another level. Hey, man, I'm excited to see what the Celtic Celtic Warrior workouts and what kind of results that's yielded for the Warrior himself. So it's going to be a good one. I'm I'm sure of that, and uh, yeah, that was SmackDown, well, Friday Night SmackDown on Fox, pardon me, and 205 Live, it was fun shows, I enjoyed them, and um, yeah, be responsible with your power, folks, we're gonna see how Sheamus decides to embrace chaos, like, that was, that was a great moment, that was a great moment, but like, it was a great part of the promo, excellent, with the music, and it just all, it all fit really well, that was cool. So, yeah, uh, I will catch you guys next week for the Monday Night Raw recap and review. Thank you for listening. And um, <laughs> tell Sasha I said what up. Yeah, yeah. Tell her to finish the rap album. Put that out. Yeah, but, yeah, we out, man.